Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everyone welcome back to another episode of here for the crack with me emma neil i hope you're all doing well i'm in a very cryy cryy crying cry i don't know i'm in a very crying mood today it is 2 p.m i think i've cried three or four times this morning and not really even over anything suffice just it's just my hormones playing up i think i'm meant to be at my period tomorrow so you know it kind of makes a lot of sense Do you know what pisses me off? (laughs) Sorry to start off the podcast on this note. Right, do you ever have those days where you wake up, you know you're a little bit hormonal, like you know you're kind of on edge, but you wake up and you decide you're going to have a good day. You decide, I am going to do my little morning routine, my little rituals that set me up on the right note and that mean I know I'm going to have a good day. I know I'm going to be in the right headspace to sit down and do my podcast today or do whatever it is that you need to do. And then other people just piss you off. It's so frustrating because it's like, I was literally on the right path and you're pushing me off it right now and you're sending me over the edge. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why I would like to live on my own. Imagine waking up on your own every day and deciding what kind of day you're going to have and no one being able to step foot in that or to ruin that. But then you also, I think it's also kind of one of those things where you need to not give people the power to do that but I think when you're already on edge and you're already walking on eggshells with yourself and your emotions it's kind of hard to not give other people the power to do that like okay on on days where you're feeling stronger and you're like you know you're in a better normal more normal headspace I'd say yeah you can be the bigger person a lot of the time and not take things in a bad way and be able to take a step back from situations and not let them affect you so emotionally and kind of have a little bit of distance from them I guess not be so reactive and then there's just days like this where for me I'm just reactive to everything everyone's pissed me off if anyone talked to me right now (laughs) I would bite their head off and that's not on them that's on me ultimately how do you change that I don't know so I think sometimes you just have to be like that And then the next day or like two days later, once you've got over it, you look back at it and you're like, oh, that was actually kind of mean of me. And that was really stupid for me to react in that way. Like it really wasn't that necessary when you actually deep it. (laughs) And you just feel a bit embarrassed and like you should apologize. But then also like, can we stop this whole thing of like questioning people why they're in a bad mood and like expecting people to always be in a bad mood? 
or sorry, expecting people to always be in a good mood. You're allowed to wake up and not be 100%. You don't have to be questioned on that. If I wake up and I'm not 100%, right, and I don't want to make loads of conversation with my family and I don't necessarily want to meet up with anyone, that is fine if that's what you need. But why, why do people want to be like, what's wrong? Is it this? Is it that? I don't think this is a good idea. I don't think you're doing this. Like, oh my God, give me a break. Really, first world problems, guys, I know. But can we just stop expecting people to always be 100%? It's draining. I'm over it. (laughs) I'm jealous of people that live on their own and can wake up and decide on their terms when they want to see people. That is the goal. So I had my first night out of 2023 last weekend. I'm going to be honest, I just don't even know where to go in Belfast anymore. I know a hundred places I'd like to go to for dinner. I have a good few places up my sleeve if I just want to go for like pints. Do you know what? Even if I wanted to go for cocktails, I think I would know where to go. But a night out, I'm just like a bit, I I don't really know. What's the sitch here, guys? Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, what's the vibe? And also, everyone was just dead quiet. And I don't know if that's because, I was going to say it's after Christmas. It's literally March we're not in the post-Christmas period anymore. Surely it would have recovered since then. But yeah, we didn't really want to go to Cathedral Quarter because I just, I feel like I've been there one million and one times and it can be a little bit crowded, queues into places, stuff like that. But I think because of Cathedral Quarter being so hyped these days, the other side of town is just like really taking a hit. I don't know, that's my only theory on why it would have been so dead on the first weekend of March. But anyway, I made really nice cocktails. I made picantes, which is the Soho House spicy margarita. But you make it with fresh lime and fresh coriander, like shaken in with it. It is so good. If you want the full recipe, go and look on my TikTok. It's actually sensational. I could have drank them all night. I honestly, I think I would have preferred to just stay at home and drink those all night. No, I'm joking. No, it was actually nice to go out. It's nice to sometimes put on a nice outfit, do your makeup feel like a bad bitch, leave the house and then regret your whole life. (laughs) No, I'm joking. I didn't really have the fear, to be fair. Although loads of people were like, oh, was it amazing? Because it was like, because you'd not drank in a while. And I was like, eh, you know what? It was required for the plot. I felt like my life was getting a bit boring. I was running out of stories to tell. Like you always get a good few stories and it's just always funny having those nights with your friends. But I don't know. Am I just a restaurant and cocktail girly at heart? then sometimes you just, you have to, you have to have those nights. Have to have those nights for the plot. Apart from that, not much to say because dissertation season is in full swing, which if you're listening to this and you're a student, you will know. Oh, it is, it's really happening. Yeah, it's literally crunch time. I actually have a one-to-one with my dissertation tutor in an hour and then, and that's my second last one. And then I've only, so I've only got one more after that in two weeks time, which is so scary. I mean, obviously you can still email them and stuff, but the fact that I won't have any more face-to-face time with her to go over stuff is terrifying to me. I got really sick of feeling like I was behind with it. Like I kind of felt like every week I was stressed out about it, but I was never really getting to a point where I felt, okay, you know, I'm on track with this. And I also was kind of just feeling like every time I was seeing her, not that I was wasting her time, like I always had stuff to talk about with her, but I was kind of like, I felt like I was always apologizing, being like, oh, sorry, like I should have brought more to the session type of thing. Or, you know, I had anticipated on doing this amount, but 
life has got in the way and this week I really decided cut your shit it's time to get on top of this which is good sometimes you need that you know bit of a smack in the face it's so mad to me that in seven weeks time this will just be out of the way and then I'll only have one well two hand-ins but one is like 50% of a module and one's like the full thing so technically only one and a half hand-ins Look, I'm bored talking about it, so I'm sure you're bored listening to it. So let's move on (laughs) right now. My recommendation of this week is gonna have to be the new season of You. I'm probably a bit late to the game. I actually don't know when it came out, but I did sit down with my mum last Friday and we watched one episode, just the first episode, and it was so good. I was scared it was just gonna be like, oh, more of the same shit, but it just takes you by surprise every time the things that happen in it. We actually did originally sit down to watch Spencer Matthews' new movie called Finding Michael. It was meant to be released on Disney Plus on Friday. Wait, did I say that I watched you on Disney Plus? If I did, I meant Netflix. Anyway, we were originally sitting down to watch the Finding Michael documentary on Disney Plus because they'd advertised for it coming out on the Friday and then, I don't know, something happened. I think there was an issue with getting it on in time or something. I actually really don't know, but... It wasn't available to watch on Friday. It only became available to watch, I think, yesterday, which was Wednesday. So I really want to watch that. Maybe I'll watch that this Friday instead. But yeah, that could be my recommendation of next week. I don't know. haven't watched it yet. But if you haven't watched You, it's really good. I need to watch another episode of it ASAP. You know what I've actually been really craving recently? Like just a, a day of doing nothing and binge watching stuff. Oh my god. I just feel like I haven't done that in the longest time. I think I'm going to do that this Sunday. Oh my god, it was actually International Women's Day yesterday. And for the last two years, I have done a podcast for International Women's Day. I think the first one, did I think the first one I talked a little bit about feminism. And then the second one, I talked more about like celebrating women and certain people. I actually can't remember, but I completely forgot it was happening. So this week's episode isn't going to be on that yeah you're probably not gonna get an international women's day podcast episode this year to be honest do you know what it is as well not only that i wasn't organized enough but also i'm right because i'm doing my dissertation on stuff kind of around feminism like it's part of the topic and then i've also just been reading books about this shit for the last couple of years and the more and more you learn on stuff like this the more and more angry at the world you get and the more hard it is to articulate yourself in a way that isn't like a big fuck you (laughs) essentially (laughs) like when you actually deep it and read into everything that happens like it's just fucked up and if I sit here on a podcast and tell you all the reasons why we still need International Women's Day to be a thing and you know tell all the reasons why feminism still very much needs to be a thing because I know there are a lot of people that do think like this is something I've been researching for my dissertation a lot of people do genuinely believe that there's no place for feminism essentially anymore but and that equality amongst the genders has been reached and I probably actually know a lot of men that would be of this opinion and you probably know a lot of men that'd be of this opinion as well so yeah 100% I could jump on and start talking about all these things but it's only gonna make me really angry And I'm really not in the mood for that. I'll probably end up crying in my current state. 
I actually put up on my Instagram story the other week when I was sat down doing my dissertation. I put up a post being like, oh, it's all fun and games doing your dissertation on feminism until you literally start to hate the world and see the amount of replies I got from people being like, girl, same, or even telling me like what their dissertation topics were and how it was making them infuriated, like people researching stuff to do with domestic abuse, stuff to do with child neglect, like all these things. It makes sitting it's weird it's a really weird like double-edged sword because on one wait is that the right term double-edged sword I don't know on one hand you really enjoy the topic and you've chosen to do this topic because it's something you're passionate about and then on the other hand it's like you know that when you sit down to do that like it seems very intimidating and a bit daunting because you're like I really need to not detach myself from it but to be able to does this make sense to sit down and research this and not come away from it feeling like I'm seething with rage. <laughs> like I need to be in an okay headspace and I need to be okay with reading all these things. And I think it can then kind of result in you like procrastinating doing it because you're thinking, yeah, I don't want to read about that right now. There's enough going on in the world for me to think about. It kind of begs the same question I have asked a million times and that is, is ignorance bliss? Still don't know. Still none the wiser. Maybe I should do a whole episode on that. I'm pretty sure Emma Chamberlain did an episode on that. I'm And I'm actually pretty sure the title was Is Ignorance Bliss? Anyway, I was just searching for my words of the week to share with you and I came across this lovely little one that I'd saved on Instagram and I literally just shared it to my Instagram story because when I saw it, I thought it was so sweet. So you might have already seen this. And it is friendly reminder that you have zero control over how other people perceive you. So you might as well just be the person you want to be anyway. It's like Ron and Love Island stressing about what everyone thinks of him. Thinking that he has to, as he said, clean up someone else's mess and go around changing other people's opinion of him. Do you realise how much energy that takes? Trying to change other people's opinion of you. If you know you've no bad intentions at heart and you know who you are as a person... Let them perceive what they want to perceive, babe. You don't need to run around wasting your energy controlling other people's opinions when they actually just don't matter. Also, can I just say (laughs) that whole situation in Love Island, I've been watching it on and off. I think I started, I I always hate the start and I always hate the very end. Like, I think the midsection and like with Casa Amor and stuff is always when it's a bit more exciting and there's more drama and stuff. So I kind of started maybe a few weeks in and I've stopped it now but I was watching it up until a little bit recently and then I it started getting boring and I was like fuck this why I'm not wasting my every evening staying up to wait for this like I like being in bed I like reading I like winding down at that time I don't need to be watching Love Island but anyway that whole situation with them thinking that that was Ron saying that it was his game plan and then also some something else happened oh Rosie said that Ron said all this shit about Casey. I just think people are bored at this point. I think they're getting cabin fever and they're just running with anything. I mean, it's completely understandable. Like, imagine you were put into a villa, your phone was taken off you, you weren't allowed to, like, there was no form of video games, of you weren't allowed to even read your book. Like, you're literally just chucked in a villa with strangers and you have to be filmed all day. You would literally go insane. I think people look at it and think, oh my god, that looks so fun, like holiday. They just sit around the pool all day tanning and and talking to the people that they fancy. But would you not get bored? 
I honestly, I think I'd go insane. And then the fact that you have to get up when they like, when they just decide, like you don't know the time, they just turn the lights on and you have to get up. You have to get ready for filming. Like you have no say in the option. Apparently if you try and nap, they go nuts. So I do get why this shit happens. You know, why things get made out to be a way bigger deal than they are. But honestly, when I was watching that, I was like, babes, you are really reaching. This is nothing. Like, relax. Anytime I have Love Island on the TV, my dad is literally like, this is the biggest pile of shite that has ever blessed our screens. He just can't wrap his head around it. Which is really rich coming from him because he has the worst taste in TV and movies in the entire world. Like, my dad will watch the shittiest of shit rom-coms you can think of and be like, oh, that was so good. (laughs) Nice wee Sunday watch. That's what he always says. Lovely wee Sunday watch. But I just think I like watching it from like a... I like to analyse people's behaviours. You know, I like to sit there and be like he's gonna do this next and he's done that because of this or his communication was I don't I think I just like to overanalyze everything and just sit there and be like yeah analyzing of people's behaviors and I also just think it makes you realize how predictable boys are you can literally say to a T everyone's next move like every boy's next move it's interesting for that Okay, let's move on to this week's podcast topic, which is society's obsession with youth. To a degree, I can understand why we are obsessed with youth because, you know, in a sense, it's our prime biologically. It's when we are like the most fit, the most healthy, the most, I don't know, the most able, I guess, to just like live and do everything that you want to do you have no when you're young and youthful you have no restrictions in terms of not being able to do certain sports and like not getting as tired as quickly I don't know obviously all those things come from being youthful this is obviously coming from someone who is able-bodied and I understand that there are people that don't have the privilege of being able to say that in their youth they are physically able to do everything that they want to do I think a lot of the time we forget that that in itself is a blessing. So from that aspect, I 100% get why we would value our youth in terms of it being our prime. However, that's not to say when you're out of this so-called prime period. When is your prime? Let me look up when your prime is. And just to clarify, when I say prime, I don't mean prime as in when you look the best. I mean prime as in biologically or prime. So yeah, please don't confuse the two. I'm not sitting here being like, you will only look as good as you did when you were 18. No, absolutely not. That is part of the problem. Um, I'm getting a lot of different answers here when I look it up. So I don't know what is actually accurate. But this one on the BBC website says, your sexual peaks in your 20s, your physical peaks in your 30s, and your mental peaks in your 40s and 50s. Okay. And then another thing says here, your muscles are their strongest at age 25 and your physical strength at its peak at age 25 and it stays this way for the following 10 to 15 years. Okay, your prime's actually for a lot longer than I thought it was then. I thought your prime was literally a space of three years, but according to this, it's pretty much like 20. Do you know what? Let's actually just take those stats I just read out as a piece of salt because... As, as a piece of salt? As a pinch of salt. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, I've no idea if there's any legitimacy behind any of them. Anyway, I was having this conversation recently with a friend 
and they said, are you scared of aging? And I was like, no, I'm not scared of aging. Like, I think I'll be happier when I'm older. I think I'll be more content. I think I'll be more fulfilled. Like, I think you spend your 20s just like freaking out about anything and everything. And I just think, like, I'm not one of those people that fears getting old, but I don't think I was thinking about things physically. I think I was thinking more in my mind. I don't really know what I was thinking, but I was like, why are you? And they were like, yeah, of course. Like, I'm at a time in my life when my age doesn't like hold me back from doing anything where I have the most amount of energy and I have the most amount of zest for life and I have the most, maybe I'm the most strongest, I don't know, all these different things he was saying. And I was like, okay, I've never really thought about it like that. And when you put it like that, aging does scare me a little bit. But the point of this podcast is not to scare anyone about aging. (laughs) You know, if anything, I want to do the opposite. But I want to just talk a little bit about like society's obsession with youthfulness in terms of from an aesthetic perspective. And we'll just forget about the whole like physical side of things like I just said. I just wanted to mention that because I thought, oh, you know what? I've actually never thought about it like that before. And I just thought it was relevant to mention like before getting into the whole uh, looks side of things. So first off, I'm just going to start by saying that this whole obsession with youth thing and this whole ageist thing in our society is very sexist. It's very sexist. And if you disagree with that, you're lying to yourself. We praise men. Look, right, the whole silver fox thing. Let's get into it. We are obsessed with these, you know, older, grey-haired men. Brad Pitt, we put them on a pedestal. George Clooney, oh, what a silver fox. Think of any other women that age with grey hair that we put on a pedestal in the same way or we, you know, are so like obsessed with and think they're really good looking in the same way. There's no one. For some reason, women hit an age and all of a sudden it's like, no one cares about them anymore. You're irrelevant. You're no longer young and youthful and conventionally attractive because you're not youthful anymore. So you're dust. But yet men gain this like weird ounce of respect and you know they could go for younger girls and it's like they're kind of seen as cool. Now this isn't to say that there aren't famous women that exist that are above a certain age or that have grey hair. That's not what I'm saying but we don't like value the way they look in the same way that we do for men. I don't know the whole thing is really bizarre to me. Like yeah I'm sure you can think of famous actresses and famous people that are still like that still have a career and are still highly respected in what they do and they're older or maybe they have gray hair whatever it is but it's just not quite in the same way that men are given this kind of like silver fox you know respectable title yeah you just don't see it i'm gonna tell you a story something that happened not too long ago in my presence I was in the company of a few people and someone turned around and said, a man, sorry, turned around and said, have you seen so-and-so since they let their hair go grey? It's the worst decision they ever made. And I looked at them and I said, you did not just say that in my company. I took a second to breathe so I didn't lose my shit. And I was like, well, I still lost my shit to be honest. But I was like, When was the last time in a group setting and a group conversation 
that you decided to bring up how it was the worst decision of a man's life. Any man, any man, literally in your friend or a famous person, it was the worst decision of their life to let their hair go grey. You never have because you would never bother passing comment on it because it literally doesn't matter. In fact, if anything, the last time you mentioned a man's hair going grey was probably to say that they were a silver fox and it was probably to say how good looking they were. And yet you think it's okay to say that it was a woman's worst decision of their life? It's sexist, it's ageist and to be honest, just the colour of a person's hair is such a minor part of them. It doesn't change who they are as a person. It doesn't actually change what age they are. Like you still realise they are still the same age, whether they're grey or not. They're just letting natural courses happen. Natural courses? Is that, sorry, sometimes I just make things up. It's just letting your hair run its natural course. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Women as well, right, they live their whole lives trying to adhere to this ridiculous beauty standard that men are never held to in not I mean they're held I guess to a different beauty standard but like not in the same way you know like we spend our lives forking out constant amounts of money to always look a certain way whether it's by getting rid of hair on our bodies whether it's by using fake tan whether it's by getting our nails done, our hair dyed, our makeup done, our eyebrows done. Some people pay to get their boobs done. Some people pay for BBLs. Like, you literally spend your life toying with all of these things and deciding what you're going to pay for. And, you know, just always feeling like you have to fit this beauty standard, which is so, so problematic. And then not only... Do you want to do all this to them from the age of when they're literally 14? But then once they start getting grey, it's like, oh, how dare she? Must not let her hair go grey. Must not let people know that she's ageing. Ageing is the devil. Do we see how fucked up that is? And then what happens when you decide that you are going to let your hair grow grey? I know I'm putting it down to this one thing. Okay, there's a lot more to it and we're going to get into the other things in a minute. But yeah, let's say then one day you decide... I've had enough of this. I'm spending too much money. I can't afford to keep up with it. Not only the money side of things, but also just the time I'm spending in the hairdressers. It's time and money I could be spending on things that I actually enjoy and that matter to me instead of worrying about what other people will think of me for having grey hair. Okay, so they decide they're just going to let it happen. They're going to go grey. And after 50 years of hearing their whole life that letting your hair go grey is quote unquote the worst decision you'll ever make. I know I'm using that as a reference, but like, although people, although you might not necessarily hear people say that directly, you know, the messages we get from the media and from other people and just from seeing our mums and everyone constantly not letting their hair go grey, essentially, that is what we're kind of told. So then when you decide that you're going to let this happen, you're going to take the plunge. You're going to let your hair go grey. How do you think it now makes you feel? All of a sudden you're thinking, people don't value me the same way that they used to. People think I look way older. People are going to be talking about me in the same way they were talking about the other person when they went grey. Does my husband or my wife or my partner or whoever it is I spend my life with, do they now not think I'm as attractive as I was? Do you know what I mean? Like you literally spend your whole life trying to fit this beauty standard and then 
one day you decide this is what you're going to do, all of a sudden it's like, you know, all the compliments you'd ever got from people. This is the things that we're really bad at complimenting people on things that aren't like on your looks and on appearance and everyone needs to get better at that. Start thinking of good compliments to tell people that aren't to do with their looks. Anyway, um, yeah, so you have it in your head that this is what people value you for and then it's gone and you're like, oh, well, I'm just not a valued member of society anymore, apparently. When in reality, nothing has changed. You are literally the same person. This is what always as well really baffles me when, you know, like when, say, grandparents that are really backwards find out that their beloved grandchild is gay and then they have a different opinion of them. It's like, babes, you do realise that person was always gay, even when you loved them. (laughs) Like, literally nothing has changed. They are the same person. What they do sexually in their private life has absolutely nothing to do with you. And just because you've now found out what that is, doesn't mean, like, oh, it just baffles me. And it's the same thing here. Just because someone's aging, it doesn't change who they are as a person. Now let's talk about Botox and you know what, just the whole kind of anti-aging product industry because it's a huge industry on its own and it is very heavily directed to women and marketed towards women. Do you ever hear of 22-year-old males going out and getting preventative Botox like is now being kind of sold to young women? No, if you mentioned to your boyfriend or your friend who's like around that age and said to them about getting preventative Botox, they would literally look at you like you've got two heads. They would think you're going insane. (laughs) But it's literally become like the new norm. I also think this really stems from what we see in the media and the fact that, you know, men don't have to always look young because they still see old people, like older men in the media. Whereas like as women, we don't see older women in the media we don't see people with wrinkles we don't see people with gray hair so it's like I don't know you're always trying to just like stay young and relevant in a way because you think that's what does keep you is that sad to say that people think being young makes them relevant so not only have we got the Botox right we've got this whole anti-aging skincare market there is literally a product for absolutely everything you name it there's a product for it if you're a woman Things that are supposed to be good for the wrinkles around your eyes. Things that are meant to be skin tightening. Things that are meant to relax your muscles and be like Botox in a bottle. All these mad different things. Firming solutions for your thighs and your cellulite. Literally every single tiny, tiny thing, there is a product for it. But let's look at what is in the men's aisle. If you walk into Tesco's or Boots, let's talk about that for a second. (laughs) This really bothers me, you know. The fact that we are pushed all these thousands upon thousands of different products. Meanwhile, men, little four in one. Little four in one, it'll do you for everything. Shower gel, shaving foam, shampoo, even conditioner does everything four in one for you. Meanwhile, women, nah, nah, nah. You want something that's gonna make your eyelashes longer? Yeah, I've got that for you. You want something that's going to relax the muscles on the sides of your eyes? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a product for that as well. Men, four in one. Like, sorry, (laughs) what is going on? Are you seeing the difference here? We've built a full industry that is designed to make women insecure about things they didn't even know were a thing. Like, that they didn't even know they could be insecure about. And look, I'm not going to lie. I myself have bought into the whole 
preventative Botox prevent wait am I saying that right preventative yeah preventative Botox thing yeah I think I've got it a couple times just at the sides of my eyes do you know what it is I feel like with my job this isn't something I would notice if I didn't do what I do but when you're always looking at yourself on camera from different angles and you see what you look like when you're laughing and when you're you know, doing all different kind of faces that you wouldn't see when you're just looking in the mirror. You start to pick up on things that you wouldn't necessarily see when you're not, like, when you're not looking at yourself in a camera, essentially. I've gotten a lot better at it. I think when I was a little bit younger, like when I was starting out as a makeup artist, let's say when I was 19 and I was working for the salon that I worked for and, you know, always uploading makeup selfies and stuff of my different looks I was really really critical of myself then like had you have asked me then what I wanted done to my face I could have given you a full list that went on for like a full A4 page (laughs) which is really sad when you actually think about it but no I'm not like that whatsoever but this is kind of just one thing that I do always notice and um I hate to say it because it's literally like come on you 24 that you don't need to be getting Botox but yeah I have got it I think it's a waste of money to be honest because it lasts for about two months like it doesn't kick in for two weeks it lasts for two months and then it wears off it's just like what was the point in that like is it really preventing anything if that's how long it's gonna last I mean yeah if you kept up with it and literally got it every two to three months maybe it would am I gonna do that no so is it a waste of money? Yes. <laughs> but I'll just be honest and say that I have done that before. And look, with anything, I would never lie about anything. Like I've been very open about the fact that I've had my lips done. But I'm also very conscious that I would never want to like promote doing any of those things. I mean, I haven't got my lips done now in three years, so there would be no way of me showing it anyway. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think people obviously need to be transparent and honest about when they've had things done but I don't think the right way to go about that is by like showing the procedures and showing the before and afters I think in a way that is promoting getting these things done because you know people will look at that and see the before and be like oh well that's what I look like so is this something I should want like it's it's literally like when there was a huge craze on TikTok for a while where everyone and their fucking mom was getting a nose job everyone was going to Turkey and getting a nose job every other video on my for you page was people's before and afters of their nose job and I was seeing wee girls that had noses that were literally so nice and then they were getting nose jobs and people had noses like mine and they were getting nose jobs and it was making me think I needed a nose job and then obviously you have to deep it and be like okay no it's just the fact that you're seeing this every single day that's making you think this so yeah that's just why I think you know it's good to be open but not in a promotey way I guess how did we get here? Oh, I was talking about Botox. What percentage do we reckon of Botox goes to women than it does to men? Let's look this up. Okay, so it says women still get Botox far more often than men, but more men are following suit. In 2018, doctors performed 7,000, oh no, sorry, 7 million, 7.5 million injections of Botox or another brand of the same thing while just six percent of those injections were given to men so 94 percent of that in 2018 was to women that just says it all really the fact that men just don't even feel a pressure to do that in the first place the other day on tiktok this video of a girl 
called Kagi came up on my For You page. If you used to watch Made in Chelsea, like back in the original Made in Chelsea days, you'll probably know who she is. I didn't watch it back then, but I was just able to gauge that this is who she was from what she was saying on the video and the comments and things. See the amount of comments of people being like, oh my god, someone's age. Like, I swear there was hundreds and hundreds of comments of people being like, oh my god, she looks old for her age or how to not age gracefully. Like, all these ridiculous comments about how she looked relative to her age. And I looked at it and I thought, this girl literally looks like how... I don't, I can't remember what age she is, but I did look it up because I remember thinking, wait, what age is she if everyone is saying this? So I looked up whatever age was, can't remember it now, but I just remember thinking, let's say it was 35, okay? I remember thinking, this girl literally looks like how a 35-year-old person should look. She just hasn't had any Botox, which for someone in that industry and in showbiz and, you know, that has a bit of a platform is very unheard of, unfortunately. And what that has done to us is made our vision of like how you should look at certain ages in your life. We've got a completely warped perception of it. Like here we've got this beautiful girl that looks great and that doesn't look older than she is or doesn't look younger than she is. Not that either of those like matter. Not that anyone should be like commenting on that massively if she even did. But this is what I'm saying is that she didn't. But because everyone now has this weird warped perception of what way you should look when you're now 35 or 40, we now think that she looks really old for her age. Also, just the fact that everyone feels like they need to pass comment on it is like beyond ridiculous to me. Like, so what if someone did look older than their age? There's obviously going to be people that look that way, you know, just in the same way that naturally there's going to be people that look younger than their age. It's just like the way life works some people have thicker hair and some people have thinner hair and some people will look older and some people will look younger like who cares the reality is that we don't stay 21 forever as much as we'd probably all like to but trying not to give in to it like this and trying to put off the aging process and fit a young beauty standard or fit a beauty standard that's centered around people that are young when you are aging It's not going to do anything for your self-confidence because ultimately you're never going to be as young as you were. And it also just kind of creates this, like we're all, if everyone does it, then we're all just creating this like massive fear of aging. We're all just like putting off the inevitable. I can't remember what age they say this happens at. Let's say it happens at 60. I'm literally just making that up. I could be completely wrong. There is this thing and they call it like the cloak of invisibility and apparently once you're a woman that reaches this age, let's say of 60, it is literally like you're wearing a cloak of invisibility. Like you are (laughs) invisible to the world around you. No one looks twice at you. People don't stop to talk to you in the same way that they would have before. People just don't like consider that you're there, I think, a lot of the time and will literally just like barge past you like you literally are invisible. I'm saying this like it's from experience. It's not, I'm, yeah obviously (laughs) saying what people have said it's like. I think this all comes down to the fact that as a society we place so much value in what a woman looks like that then once they don't fit that beauty standard and they're past that age that we consider them of being this valuable beautiful looking person then all of a sudden when that's not their role it's like okay they're just an old woman they're just a mum or they're 
just a wife. They're just so-and-so's wife. Do you know what I mean? It's like they no longer have this thing about them that made them this beautiful, charismatic person. So even though they are still the same person and even though they still have all their same relationships and they still have all their things in their life, it's like to the general public and as a society, they're kind of not shunned. I'm not going to say shunned because that's not right, but they're just kind of seen as like, let's say extras in the movie. I feel like that's a good analogy. They're no longer main characters. They've been shoved aside by the other newbies, the young fresh faces that have come along and they are now just little extras that don't have their own life and their own story. I think another thing that kind of adds to this whole obsession with youth is the fact that when young people have like great successes, it's so highly praised, like to a whole other level than if you were to have that exact same success, but at a later stage in your life. Like someone starts a successful business when they're 20 and they're so highly praised and as they should be, that's great. But like someone does it when they're 40 and people, you know, barely bat an eyelid. So what we end up seeing is this whole, you know, Forbes under 20 or Forbes under 30, greatest businessman, businesswoman. The 20 year old that completed an ultramarathon has a double page spread in the newspaper, but the other, you know, 10 or I don't know, however many people, 100, 40 year olds that were also in it were never to be mentioned. So what we see is like this whole big celebration everywhere of young people and their successes, which kind of, it kind of makes you think that like to be accomplished, it needs to happen when you're young, which doesn't need to happen whatsoever. You can accomplish things at any stage in your life. All this kind of just adds to the whole like timeline, the pressure of having this timeline where you have your big career succession before you hit 30 and you know you have kids and you get married and you buy a house and blah 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 this normal quote-unquote normal timeline but not everything is such a rush and just because people are getting praised from it when they're younger doesn't mean it's not happening with older people and there's actually great benefits to not succeeding in certain ways until you're a bit older or not like you know, having those accomplishments and working things out in terms of, I don't know, your family, your business, your career, your whatever it is. There's a lot of perks to not working them out until later on in life because you're maybe a more developed person, you're more stable, your mental health may be a bit better to cope with certain things, to cope with different backlashes, to cope with different struggles. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's really not the end in fact it's it's not just not the end of the world it's actually a really great thing to accomplish things later on in life and to have that to look forward to and not like stress yourself out in your 20s about thinking oh my god I must do this I must do that I must accomplish this by this age and I must accomplish that by that age like let's all just let go of this stupid little made-up timeline that makes us all so anxious for no reason take the pressure off ourselves be able to live how we want to live, do the things that we want to do when we want to do them. No one in the world is sitting there watching you waiting with a calendar, waiting till the day you hit a certain age to see if you've done this or that. The only person that's thinking like that is you in your own head. And it's so funny how, you know, when you're young and you have that timeline in your head, and I just remember looking up at like 
people that were say my age now, people that were 24 and I used to think they were so old. I used to think, wow, I want to be married with kids then. I I feel like they have their life together. I, yeah, when I'm 24, that's when I'll have it all together. And then the older you get, the more you realise no one actually knows what they're doing and your perception of what is old is constantly getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. Like when I was younger, I used to think, you always think your parents are old. I look at my parents now, I don't think of them as old at all. I see them as very young, fit and fun parents that have a lifetime ahead of them. Whereas, you know, when I was 12 years old, I was like, oh, my parents are old people. (laughs) But now I see my parents go out every weekend. I see them running. I see them my mum doing yoga, I see her training for a marathon, going to tennis lessons, going out with her friends all the time. I see my dad going to the gym, I see him climbing Kilimanjaro. I see them doing all these things and ultimately I see them still fully living life and I think they're not old. That is not my perception of old anymore and as a result I don't fear getting to that age. Look, I think a little bit of fear in aging is completely normal from a biological point of view. You know, if we didn't fear death from a biological sense, we wouldn't have like the incentive to survive. So from that point of view, I do completely understand it. I understand, you know, having the fear of not wanting to get a lot of diseases that are associated with getting older, for example, dementia. I do get that. But what I think we need to relax on and just take the pressure off ourselves is looking how we age, like the whole aesthetic part of aging. And this is such a deeper issue than us just being able to decide that we're going to do that one day. Because, you know, it is down to a lot of the things that we do see on TV and in, on social media and a lot of the marketing messages and things. So, you know, it's not so simple as just being like, let's all just not care about getting wrinkles and grey hair anymore. It's a lot more deep rooted than that. And it's something that's been ingrained into us since literally day one. Yeah, we just need to start valuing ourselves for more than how we look and how youthful we are. Start writing down every day things that you are grateful for in yourself that aren't an aesthetic thing that isn't something to do with how you look. You can have a separate list for something that's for things that are how you look if you're trying to be more loving of how you look as well. But I think it's really important to also value things about yourself that are like intrinsic. And then when you do start aging, it's not such a big deal because you know who you are and what's in the outer shell doesn't affect that. Okay, we'll leave it there for this week's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. If you did, don't forget to leave me a little five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. Share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it on your Instagram story. You have no idea how much that helps me out when you guys share it on your Instagram story and spread the word of Here for the Crack. Big shout out to George Gill for my intro and outro music. All his links will be in the description. As always, thank you guys so much for your continued love and support on the podcast. It means the world to me. And I will speak to you in next week's episode. Bye.